The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. As the holiday weekend approaches, inflation continues to drive prices. The cost of a 4th of July cookout is expected to be 17% higher compared to a year ago, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. VPM News intern Davis Alcorn spoke with shoppers to see how this is affecting their loved ones. It was a quiet Wednesday morning when I caught up with Nikki I want so we can as she was leaving the market on 25th in Richmond's Church Hill. With just a few items in hand, she told me plans for this year's Independence Day aren't as big as usual. Usually we do like hamburgers and hot dogs for, you know, Fourth of July and whatnot. Now it's just, come on over, we'll shoot some fireworks, that's about it, you know. This comes as inflation continues to drive food prices up. Experts from the American Farm Bureau Federation say holiday staples like ground beef are up 36% this year. Prices for other meats, like pork chops and chicken breasts, are similarly high. Director of the Market on 25th, Sharon Atkins Comfort, thinks that. This year, most likely, it's going to be more about the family gathering outside of just a, you know, a supply of various foods, which we need in 2022. Additionally, Atkins Comfort expects people will research deals before they head to the store and switch from name brand to store brand, particularly on condiments because of the price difference. Davis Alcorn, VPM News. We should disclose VPM has an educational programming partnership with Market on 25th. Norfolk's Ohio Creek Watershed Project is nearing completion. It cost at least $112 million and brought almost three years of disruptive construction. The goal is to make the vulnerable and flood-prone communities of Grandy Village and Chesterfield Heights more resilient. U.S. Senator Tim Kaine says he helped secure funding for the project. While on a tour of the site yesterday, the senator told partner station WHRO he thinks the project could serve as a model for how to adapt to sea level rise. There are just some features of what they have done there that I think others will take a look at. I think that there's some strategies there that could help other neighborhoods in Norfolk and elsewhere. That includes putting in living shoreline and routing stormwater. Plans are in motion for the Shenandoah Rail Trail, but advocates and lawmakers say it will still be some time before the trail is open to the public. The state's two-year budget takes effect this Friday and sets aside about $93 million for multi-use trails. The Daily News Record reports that some of the funding will go toward acquiring the land for the proposed recreational trail through the towns of Broadway and Front Royal. Construction of the nearly 49-mile trail is expected to begin after the land is purchased. The Virginia Court of Appeals has tossed out a petition to overturn the conviction of a man serving life in prison for killing a Waverly police officer in the late 90s. But as Whitney Evans reports, an attorney for Terrence Richardson says he will continue fighting for his release. 
Terrence Richardson asked the court to reverse his 2000 state conviction for involuntary manslaughter in the killing of Waverly Officer Alan Gibson. The complicated case involves Richardson and another man, Veron Claiborne, whose sentences were enhanced to life in prison, even though a federal jury found them not guilty of the murder. Richardson's attorney, Jared Adams, says new evidence proves his innocence, but the three-judge panel disagreed with Adams that the evidence was new. How do you have a police officer dead? All of these questions remain, and nobody really cares about the truth? Richardson had the support of former Democratic Attorney General Mark Herring, but when Republican Jason Miares took office and reviewed the case, he came to the opposite conclusion. How is it that one attorney general who has years of experience, spent a year working on this case, is able to come to that conclusion? And within 30 days, the Republican comes into office and he says, no, we're not going with that. Adams is asking the appeals court for a rehearing. He argues state law bars the Commonwealth from legally changing positions in the middle of an appeal. Whitney Evans, VPM News. A Virginia doctor who performs an abortion despite potential government regulations in the future could lose their license, says Senate Republican Steve Newman. Newman says he believes this approach is likely the best way to enforce Governor Glenn Youngkin's proposed 15-week abortion ban, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Youngkin has previously said he is in favor of exceptions to the abortion ban in cases of incest, rape, or when a pregnant person's life is at risk. The Virginia General Assembly is currently split with a Democratic majority in the Senate and a Republican majority in the House. This week, VPM News is continuing to highlight queer leaders in the Commonwealth. For our third leader, we spoke with Clara Elliott. She's the founder of Armed Trans Women Firearms Instruction, where she provides free defense training to transgender and non-binary people. Meg Schiffer spoke with her about why she thinks gender non-conforming people should learn to protect themselves. A warning, the following story contains a recording of a gunshot. Nice. We're going to keep that nice and smooth uh, trigger pull there. Let's do that a couple more times. It's only Kiara Dale's second time handling a firearm, and they're treating the weapon with the utmost care and respect. By their side is their instructor, Clara Elliott. Together, they face a paper target head on. Uh, Straighten your back just a bit so you're not leaning back so much. There, there you go. Perfect. Elliot is the founder of Armed Trans Women Firearm Instruction, which offers free firearm training to transgender and non-binary people like Dale. As a firearm instructor and transgender woman, Elliot says she was motivated to take action after seeing the rising rates of violence against transgender people in the U.S. What I wanted to do was to be able to provide someplace else for people, someplace that would allow people to come and learn about firearms in a safe and an accepting environment. Elliot grew up learning how to shoot at the same gun range where she now teaches her students, which she says wasn't a welcoming environment for transgender and non-binary people. Fear of being rejected by that community kept Elliot in the closet until she turned 39 in 2014. But when she did come out, Elliot says she was pleasantly surprised by their acceptance. I was actually really quite worried about it. It was one of my big stumbling blocks. I'm like, well, I'll never be accepted at the gun club. I don't know if I'll be able to be safe there. But it turns out I was actually embraced by some of the women of the club. The culture around guns has changed significantly in recent years. The same year that ATW opened, the National Shooting Sports Foundation reported that black women made up one of the highest growing demographics among new gun owners. 
Elliot says locally there was an explosion of demand for her services by black women. There was a lot of people in that time period who never felt that they would ever own a firearm. But with all of the events of the summer of 2020, with the pandemic, with uh, the, the protests and with the police crackdowns and with rising crime and everything like that, you had a lot of people saying, I need to be able to protect myself. I have to go get a firearm. While they weren't rejected by their peers in the gun community, Elliot and Dale say they often feel that their safety is threatened because of their identities elsewhere. I think definitely after the Trump election was really when I started to become very aware of how precarious my situation is as a black trans person. You always know that you run a risk of danger living in the world as a trans person, as a black person. At their training sessions, Dale says they felt comfortable learning among other amateurs who were also queer and people of color. We only really see images of middle-aged white guys shooting a gun. So it already seems like a space that's just for middle-aged white dudes. And that shouldn't be the case. Elliot's basic firearms training course lasts two days, one concentrated on classroom instruction and another spent at the shooting range. The whole point is teach people to use this if they have to, but it's better to teach them to never have to. Students also learn non-lethal defensive techniques and de-escalation tactics. Once they complete the basic course, Elliot says students leave with the skills and paperwork they need to get certified for a concealed carry permit. Meg Schifres, VPM News. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.